Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists empowerment talk radio. Speaking truth to ours and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Nat Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Symbiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned. And thank you for being with us. You are at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and this is where we speak truth to power and ourselves. And for those of you who are joining some glorious, whether it rains or whether it's sunshine, across this nation, summer day, we hope that you are well. Um I am into what I call my planting season, and it has nothing to do with our Common Ground celebrating its 20th anniversary uh, this summer on the air, speaking truth to power and ourselves with alternative activist empowerment talk radio. And tonight at our Common Ground, we are so... Uh, glad to be able to welcome Dr. Jared Ball. He's an Associate Professor of Communication Studies at Morgan State University, where his research interests include the interaction between colonialism, mass media theory, and history, as well as the development of alternative underground journalism and cultural expression as mechanisms of social movements and political organizations. Dr. Ball is a columnist with and produces a weekly radio column for blackagendareport.com. And for those of you who are our regular listeners, you know that we are an official supporter of blackagendareport.com, and we are still soliciting your subscriptions to blackagendareport.com and your support. Free is not always free, and we need to support the media that supports 
the notion that our truth is deeper than the normal mainstream truth. So please, if you have not, and we've been making the solicitation since we were visited with Bruce Dixon a couple of months ago, who is one of the co-editors along with Glenn Ford, visit blackagendareport.com, make your contribution, and make your subscription. And don't forget, also make your comment. But we again uh, welcome Dr. Jared Ball to our airwaves uh, in this 20th anniversary celebration of bringing the black truth to the airwaves. He is a producer and host of the Legacy Edition of We Ourselves, which airs Fridays 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Washington, D.C.'s WPFW 89.3 FM Pacifica Radio and is also the founder and producer of Free Mix Radio, the original mix tape radio show and emancipatory journalistic political mixtape. And we'll be talking with him about both of those broadcasts. He is a former editor of and current peer reviewer for the first academic journal dedicated to hip-hop, the Global Journal of Hip-Hop Culture from Words, Beats, and Life, Inc. And he is the author of I Mix What I Like, a mixtape manifesto, which is published by AK Press. We'll be talking with him about his new book, and you can find him online at I Mix What I Like. Dot com, And we hope that those of you who are listening will join us in our chat room as we visit with and talk and get to know Dr. Jared Ball. You're tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and we hope that you will stay tuned. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to have just an off-the-cuff chat between you and me. But we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Once you are enslaved and once you are in servitude, you have no moral obligation to the people who have enslaved you. In enslaving you, they have freed you of all moral obligations because the nature of their enslavement of you says that you are without humanity, without manhood, without womanhood, without dignity. And anything you do to get those things back is morally justified. The struggle for survival in the United States is the handling of this never-ending tension between the institutional values of race, gender, and wealth, which give undue and unearned privileges and advantages to some so that others cannot compete on an equal basis for the resources of this country. Our people have resisted for 413 years in this wilderness, and they resisted for this generation to carry out what must be done. We cannot fail our ancestors. 
There's already so much evidence that we are waking up, beginning to acknowledge the reality. Something stinks. And we are going to have to fight, we're going to have to struggle, we're going to have to struggle relentlessly to bring about the peace. Because the people that we asked for peace, they're a bunch of big little maniac warmongers, and they don't even understand what peace means. We've got to fight them, we've got to struggle with them, and they don't understand what peace means. Everybody knows that all the people don't have liberty, all the people don't have freedom, all the people don't have justice, and all the people don't have power, so that means none of us do. Take this country and change it. Turn it upside down and put the last first and the first last. The preservation of history is a primary responsibility of any people. There is only one answer. Only one answer. Revolution. Full revolution. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I know that you can. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Edition of We Ourselves. I'm Jared Ball, your host. Most importantly, this is WPFW 89.3 FM, the mighty 89.3 FM, broadcasted live to the world from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Got a big show coming up, a packed show. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we welcome Dr. Jared Ball. He's a professor of communication studies at Morgan State University in Baltimore. He's a widely published author and will be talking about his new book, I Mix What I Like, a manifesto. He is a weekly columnist and commentator for the Black Agenda Report, radio talk show host, and producer at Pacifica Radio, Washington, D.C., Dr. Jared Ball. It's our common ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Thank you for being with us. And thank you for being with us. I'm Janice Graham, your host tonight at Our Common Ground. Thank you for being with us. If you'd like to join our discussion uh, during this broadcast, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And we want to remind you that you can visit us on the web, ourcommonground.com, and visit our community forums and blogs at ourcommonground-talk.ning.com. We're everywhere. We're trying to, as much as we can, um, reach out to you in this 20th celebration of speaking truth to power and ourselves. Yes, folks, it has been 20 years. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking with Dr. Jared Ball, who is a professor, associate professor of communication studies at Morgan State University. He is the author of a new book, which was published by AK Press this spring. Um, 
And the title of the book is I Mix What I Like, a Mixtape Manifesto. But before we get with um, uh, my colleague out of Washington, D.C., Pacifica Radio, one of the things, I want to pose a question. And uh, last night we did a special Our Common Ground broadcast on the issue of police sexual misconduct against women. And uh, it was just a really exciting show, and you can catch it on our archives here at um, Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. I hope you know the differences between your backslashes and your front slashes. I had a really good day today. I am telling you, uh, it is my last day of living the single life uh, for a whole week. Uh, While Love of My Life was at his conclave, convention, fraternity conclave and convention, he does those things. He is a retired uh, race gentleman, and he loves to go to 100 black men and and the caucus. And I guess when you're retired, you can do all those things, but I'm not quite retired yet. So I have to stay home and hold it down. And I have just had a glorious day of doing Janice for a little bit in between all of the radio. And, and you know I have my uh, day job. So uh, I, I'm just having a really great day. I ended the day off with some nice um, uh, grilled uh, bagels with uh, slices of garlic uh, with a little hummus. I know Alpha would have an appreciation for that. Uh, he and I share the same palate, and we welcome him to our chat room, and uh, we also Welcome some old friends that we have not seen. So good to see all of you um, uh, tonight. But 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 before we 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 meet with Dr. Ball, um, he has has not arrived in the studio yet. I I have a question that I I want to pose to you. I was a bit taken back by a contract in which. Um, the Bachman woman who is running for president, Marlene, Marianne, whatever her name is, and they're taking her real serious. Well, she entered into a contract with a group of what she considers her constituencies, and in the contract there was language which said that black children were better off in slavery than they are today. Well, uh, that kind of caught me, but you know, at some point, you have to consider the source. But it got me to thinking, and um, I, I want to get some feedback from you. Uh, our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Before our discussion with Dr. Ball um, about how it struck me, and I'm wondering if any of you consciously or unconsciously use what I would consider reductionist terms like race card, which most times, well, all the time, I'm not mincing words. This is a, this is a, this is the truth forum. 
which which really seek to diminish and minimize the devastating impact of white supremacy on the lives of black people, particularly, but people of color in general. I find it so interesting that sometimes we do. We actually have discussions with people about this thing called the quote-unquote race card. I can't do those quotes as good as India declared. Well, let me try it again. Quote, race card, quote, close quote. Okay. It's interesting how white invented this term to imply that black Americans are faking acts of racism and that many of us shy away in discussing and having and participating in discourse of great intensity and accuracy and truthfulness about race because we don't want to appear as though we are playing, quote, playing the race card, close quote. So... How many of you unconsciously buy into to this behavior? Um and 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 how many of you have noticed lately that you see black people attacking other blacks for how we dress and behave, basically criminalizing otherwise non-criminal, perfectly legal behavior as justification of why white supremacy dialogues, ideologues, police, criminal injustice system, vamps on African people, men in particular, I think that we've got to be historically accurate and alert. That's all I'm saying as they say, I'm just saying. Um, I think that what we have to do, we cannot engage in the in the kind of endorsement for the system that basically enslaved our ancestors and continues to oppress us. This is an our common ground alert. There is no such thing as a race card. If there is, it would never compare to the real race card, which is is white privilege. And I'm going to suggest this to the people who are listening to this broadcast, the people that I care about, uh, our listeners. Next time a white person lets that term pierce, their lips in your presence. Call them out. Ask them if that race card would enable you to tell the police that a white guy, a white guy committed a crime against you that he didn't commit and have that translate into a dragnet being perpetrated against the entire white community where you live. Ask that person if that race card enables them enables you to more easily catch a cab to your destination or to get a business or housing loan from the bank or apartment in the neighborhood of your choice. 
call their asses out hard. And you should let them know. You know, I mean, don't go to work on Monday and get fired. But you need to let people know that 250 years of slavery and another 140 years of Jim Crow is not to be minimized or treated as though it never happened like it was a hoax blacks are perpetuating on the white community. We don't have any need of hoaxes, not to create, not to make them up anyway. We wouldn't even be here were it not for them bringing us here. Remind them of that if needs be. You know, I don't hear anyone talking about a Holocaust card, playing the Holocaust card, yet we hear far more about the Holocaust and never again than we ever did about Ma'afa. No one tells them to shut up and sit the hell down or stop whining. Want to get your um, your response on that because I think that we've got to start to be more understanding and critical of what people are saying to us and what we're saying to each other. You know you know some neighbors and have some families and some friends who are going around and saying, these black children, they are out of control. The police ought to beat their asses. Uh, uh. You, when you talk that way, when you articulate our issues, and I'm not minimizing the problems that we have with some of our children, You are giving them permission to further oppress and to act violently and brutally against our children, and you are affirming the demonization of black people in this country and allowing them to minimize our history, our struggle, the people who died for us, the people who sacrificed for us. So you need, you know, I'm, I'm asking that as part of resistance, you know, I always say that complaining and whining is essentially therapeutic for us. Yeah, I sit in my patio table and I was playing, complaining and whining about this and that. I've been complaining and whining on our common ground for 20 years. And much of that, it was six days a week, four hours a day. I don't consider giving that up. But complaining and whining is not strategic. We have to be more strategic. You're listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and we're speaking truth to power, as always, on Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power one broadcast at a time. Thank you for being with us so much, and I think that we have Dr. Jared Ball on the air with us. Dr. Ball, are you there? Hello? Dr. Ball? 
Hello. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. No, this is Aronde. I'm not the guest. I wish I was. Oh, I'm sorry, Aronde. Aronde, 954. I should have recognized it. Uh, <laughs> good to hear from you. Where are well, you? Well, okay, I'll Somebody be brief. Told me you were... Okay. No, I'm getting ready to head back overseas. I'm I'm going to check out Dr. David Dees and uh, Dr. Claude Anderson while I'm here in Ann Arbor, uh-huh. Ypsilanti area. I, you know, everywhere I go, I try to check out my people. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's worth that while. But what you're talking about is very timely about this race card. And um, now corporate America wants to do what they call this ethnic training. And if people do have a difficulty with dealing with the race card statement, then let them tell them to look at the 14th Amendment and the Black Code. Without uh-huh. was harping on the, uh, not so much harping, but schooling us about the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. Uh-huh. And what it entails is a hell of a lot. Uh-huh. That just about covers the whole Constitution, this 14th Amendment. And what Alpha was alluding to was that, uh, Brother Sensei, was that um, they're talking about the debt. But when you look at the 14th Amendment and you tell white folks or these ignorant fools, and including our own people, mm-hmm. the race card was already established. So if you want to talk about a race card, when you created the black codes and you had to create this 14th Amendment where we weren't even citizens, and including Native American and Chinese. That was your race car. And when you spot some beat the hell out of a Rodney King and murder Oscar Grant and Oliver Beasley after they had these brothers handcuffed, tied down, face to the ground, sitting down, and shoot them point blank. No. No Jew in America or European that calls himself a Jew cannot say nothing. They need to keep their mouth shut for life. A lot of these bigoted idiots in America. Well, well, the thing is, Aranda, one of the things that I was suggesting around this is that we should not shy away from it and that we need to check each other on on, on, on these matters. And at least no matter how devoid of senses some people might be or come off as, we can always Uh pull each other's coat. I don't care how... The range you might be, I ain't afraid and scared to approach or talk to nobody, you know, especially among us. And um, I, 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 I talk to us all the time, and I know how to deal with people as far as I don't care what the extreme might be, poverty, destitution, you know, you might be in high as hell or, you know, there's just a way and a time for everything. It's all, it's all really about timing, but the timing must be actual and, and, and deliberate. And you cannot be afraid of what outcome might be, you know? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, you got the deal, man. I mean, you, you have to sit down and well, confront thing, a lot of this stuff, not only with yourself, but the outside of you, you know? Uh, Rhonda, you know that... There are many of us who are not dealing. You know, when when we get, I mean, one of the things that, uh, aside from 
listening to and seeing this contract with this Bachman woman is that I listen to talk radio uh, Monday through Friday almost for eight hours, nine hours. And I mostly listen to black talk programming, primarily because I have always had um, a fascination and a need to know how our people are seeing things, what they are thinking is important, as opposed to letting some leader tell me what they say is important or some poll. And I hear some of the most undignified kinds of analysis and criticism of black people by black people every day. Well, you know, if I'm asked a question and if I don't know, I don't know. I ain't going to try to skim and skate around it. Hey, man, I don't know. And the other thing is that um, we got to be very careful of um, people coming to wrong conclusions and making analysis of things. You know, and I'll, I'll make an extreme case with this. I, if I was with Adolf Hitler and Idi Amin, if these people did not mistreat me or uh, me or mine, I mean, what can I say? I didn't have that relationship or that kind of history that doesn't uh, excuse or negate what they might have done. But if I never had that experience with them, you know, I'm just using that as a stream, then I, I can't say nothing. And I tell people, especially us, man, don't fall into this stupidness about did you hear what they said or she or he said or anything. That's foolishness, man. And my question, did you have that encounter with that human being? Did you experience that shit with them? If you didn't, lay for that, man. Until that person, and that's on an individual basis, right? Now, yeah. you deal with it collectively. Until that person or that collective group of bodies have done that injustice to you, which we have experienced, that's a different scene. So this ain't no hearsay stuff. This is reality. Yeah. This is historic. Hey, Rondé, I think, I think uh, Dr. Ball is trying to join us All right, now. Let me, let me get off then. But, but anyway, thanks you, for you, taking you the call. You travel safely. Get Dr. D to holler out for me. I would love to see her and Dr. Claude Anderson while I'm here. Because I'm okay, going back. I certainly so, will. Just, you know, thank you, Ben. Okay. Uh, you you travel safely. That was a Rondé calling in in his travels. Um Okay, we're having a problem here, uh, but our number is 347-838-9852. I think I might have disconnected our guest. Our guest, for those of you who are just joining us tonight, is Dr. Jared Ball. He's an associate professor of communication studies at Morgan State University, where his research interests include the interaction. Now listen to this. This is deep, folks. The interaction between colonialism, mass media theory, and history. 
He also has interest in the development of alternative underground journalism and cultural expression as mechanisms of social movements and political organizations. Um, Dr. Ball is a columnist with and produces a weekly radio column for blackagendareport.com, and he is a producer and host of the Legacy Edition of We Ourselves, which airs Fridays 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Washington, D.C.'s WPFW 89.3 FM Pacifica Radio and is also the founder and producer of Free Mix Radio, the original mixtape radio show. And, and And he describes it as an emancipatory journalistic political mixtape. Um, there is something going on here at Blog Talk Radio tonight that's technical in nature, but if you want to reach us on my previous discussion um, about the notion of how we consciously or unconsciously use reductionist terms like race card, which ends up diminishing and minimizing the devastating impact that white supremacy has on our lives. In other words, guess what, folks? We make apologies. Let me hear from you, 347-838-9852. I may have to um, terminate our discussion um, abruptly because we are waiting for Dr. Ball uh, to join us, and I think he's trying, and he's getting kicked out. And it may very well be that, um, I mean, I was kicked out as well. I don't know if you if if anybody could detect that I wasn't here. Uh, we do want to thank Ifia in one Gaza uh, for being with us, and Sister Dez, and Stephen C., who I call... Saxy man and a number of Al- Alpha is with us and he's in charge of the the chat room and a number of um, guests that we have in our chat room. Our number three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two and um, I'll go back to. You know, there's another stupid term that people use. And and, and you got to understand that it was white people who invented these terms. Um, the race card was invented to imply that black Americans were faking acts of racism. And the race card uh, didn't come up, and someone can call me, if uh, I'm I'm not right about this because I'm not sure, but it didn't come up until the mid '80s. Who was playing the race card? Somebody was playing the race card, and the people got upset, and then they started calling it the race card, <laughs> which is the way in which it always happens, and you know. It 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 is 
if you use the term the race card to imply something less than valid, even whiny and not to be taken seriously, uh, people do it in a in a very flippant manner. Um, there are buzzwords that have been plied to stop everything cold. Another one of those buzzwords that you hear uh, in your circles is, it's a done deal. And the other one that just drives me absolutely crazy, makes me flip out, is let's agree to disagree. Shutting you down from the discussion, from the argument. You know, we are being reduced to positions of servants permanently, and our children are simply viewed as experiments. So how do we actually challenge the ruling power and the overseers? I think that one, each one of you should certainly take a look at some of the speeches. You know, I'm not very good with the audio stuff. For instance, uh, all the hip-hop music that I really like, I really like it because I read the lyrics, not because I listen to the music. Because when I listen to the music, I don't understand the damn thing they're saying. I'm sorry, maybe it's because I got old ears. Maybe it's because my ears are trained to listen to music in a different way. But take a look at the speeches of the movie The Great Debaters. And you will understand exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know what the problem here is, but our number is 347-838-9852, and we'll take your calls up until Dr. Ball, um, our scheduled guest tonight, uh, arrives. The, the other thing is the charge of race card flips the script by making blacks racial predators. All right now. Come on with it, Miss Janice Graham, on Our Common Ground, because that's where it goes. Racial predators who use race to attack innocent whites who are beyond racism. Okay? If, if, a, if a person disrespects you, um, I give them credit sometimes. They may not understand where they are coming from. And you have to put them in check. If you don't put them in check, your children, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren are going to be in a permanent, not underclass, because we're already in the underclass. Am I getting this? A fear, you can give me a call, this is the Dez or, or Alpha or somebody. If I'm getting this wrong... Let me know, but I know I'm not getting it wrong. I've been around too long. I've been doing this since 1960, 59, 
and it's 2011, I know I'm not getting it wrong. I'm just thinking that people need to be asked, to be challenged, to look at it. Um, we have to be on our toes with these phrases, being tossed out. I mean, I just, when somebody says to me, um, oh, oh, let's just agree to disagree, when I'm trying to point out to them the issue of race and racism in our lives, I know that that person is either dumb as a bucket of rocks or don't want to know. Especially when they say to me, well, let's agree to disagree. Now, you know you have friends, you go to your sorority meetings and you go to your NAACP meetings or whatever meetings you go to and you go to the, to the, you go to the, PTA meeting and you come out and all the black parents are, have been on the phone for weeks talking about the level and the, 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 the victimization of the children to racism in the school. You go in the meeting and people say, oh, well, let's agree to disagree and uh, we don't want to play the race card and the blah, 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 and you come out and you got nothing but the same what you had before you even started organizing to go to the PTA meeting. You all notice I get kind of southern when I start talking about these things because these terms, and this has really been on my mind. It's been burning and searing um, on my mind. These terms were created, designed to make us feel guilty when we challenge and when we resist. Oh, I feel so bad, you know, the first black president and you know, he's screwing up like crazy and he's get and he and he's about to change the entire fabric of my grandmother's life, my aunt's life, my father's life, my uncle's life, my grandfather's life and and I don't want to say anything bad about him because he's the first black president. You know, we're just so proud to have the first black president. And then somebody challenges that and says, you know, uh, when we talk about the president, he's the president. Uh, we can't, um, we, you know, we don't need to play the race card. Uh, we need to agree to disagree. Um let's let's just let's just say that we uh understand it different. It the race card the charge when somebody tells you that the race card uh, charges you using the race card that charge flips the script. And they're calling you a racial predator who uses race to attack the innocence of white people who have moved beyond racism. Our number is 347-838-9852. I'm Janice Graham. We're going to take a break and see if I can't find the good doctor um, and figure out what the problem might be. You stay tuned. 
You write down the number. You stay truthful. Stay focused at Our Common Ground. We'll be right back. She became the nightmare icon for every African-American parent who had a child in a college or a university. And she was the poster child for mandatory minimum sentencing. Hi, this is Janice Graham, inviting you to join us in our special Monday, July 18th. Our guest, Kimba Smith. She joins us in her first interview for the new book, Poster Child, the Kimba Smith Story. That's an Our Common Ground special, July 18th, 10 p.m. I'll be listening for you, Kimba Smith. You are, you are our mothers, you are our sisters, you are our daughters. AIDS is the leading cause of death for black women ages 25 to 34. But there are things you can do to help. Prevention is power. Get educated, get tested, get treated. Help stop AIDS. And our common ground empowerment note. To the issue of justice, the question becomes what happens if the new masters become looking like us? And that was part of the question that we can go back to the continent of Africa in terms of post-colonialism and begin to get some new lessons around. Because we are at that moment, and God does not want us to squander this opportunity. And so a sleeping people will squander the opportunity that God sends if we're not willing to grapple with these difficult internal questions. The other thing that has really been put on this uh, table of you cannot touch this um, new president is reparations, obviously. So that the very day that the U.S. Congress was willing to pass the legislation that spoke to apology was the very day that there was a recension of any conversation on reparations. And so we have indeed gone through a period of a deafening silence. And that deafening silence are around the very issues that we are required to confront if we're going to heal our souls and to be a whole people. In a transformative world in which global economics is critical. So before I get to the last point, I want to put a little footnote on a couple of things. It's not just the 6% to the 11% unemployment rate that we have to worry about. It's the 54% of African Americans who are work eligible who did not work last year. Because by the way they count the statistics of unemployment, a whole group of people are excluded. It is not just about the imprisonment of 1.2 million African-American persons, but it is about a definition that we have reached the level of what would be called mass imprisonment by any definition of international standards. And so we confront some very critical issues in which the viability of our people for generations is critically at stake. 
Just like the city that stagger on the coastline And a nation that just can't stand much more Like the forest buried beneath the highway Never had a chance to grow Never had a chance to grow And now it's winter Winter in America Janice Graham, thanking you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground, asking you to support the Black Report Agenda. Get a subscription. Stop by blackagendareport.com. Our friends Glenn Ford and Bruce Dixon are listening for you. Support the news that you can use. The Black Agenda Report. Join us here at Our Common Ground in our effort to keep them to support what they do. Support all independent media. I'm Janice Graham, speaking truth to power and ourselves. about who they have on. They have twice as many conservatives on spewing bovine excrement than they do liberals with their chicken excrement. So at some point in time, you have to step back and you have to say, where's the job? What job bills have they introduced? The only thing Republicans have introduced is spending cuts that will cost 700,000 jobs. They are clearly trying to shut down our uh, economic growth and our recovery. You've got governors all over the country turning down jobs for speed rail. Now, regardless of how you feel about the speed rail, you mean the French can do it, Japan can do it, the Chinese can do it, Europe, they can do it over there, but we can't do it here? You know, where is this exceptionalism coming from when we are so... uh, mired in ignorance and mired in, 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 in just, just total obstruction. Listening to the best pushback politics, the Alpha Show.
hand while growling with the other, a roar at the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network each Saturday, 3 p.m. And don't forget about our other very fine uh, programming at TruthWorks on Monday night. We host Power Views, which is a rebroadcast of some of the finest interviews that are presented over the Internet on um, either forums or conferences, etc. And on Monday night, we're going to be presenting a discussion between Paul Porter, who is the editor of Industry Ears, and our guest that we're waiting for here at Our Common Ground, Dr. Jared Ball. That will be at 10 p.m. on TruthWorks Network Power Views, and on Wednesday, Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and Friends. We hope that you will support. We are trying to build a space and a place for truthful, insightful, and informed black dialogue on the Internet. And, you know, one of the things that I'm finding Uh, and it certainly was not true about five years ago, there are some very good programmings going on, Black Talk uh, radio programmings going on on the Internet. For those of you who have just joined us, we thank you so much. We thank our guests and our fans and friends in our chat room at Our Common Ground, 610 You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. 610, you're on. Oh, yes, uh, Brother Brock. I'm just listening in the background. Uh, Brother Brock from Philadelphia, PA. Brother Brock, did I ever tell you I lived in Philadelphia once? No, I did not hear that conversation yet. Oh, yeah. I heard that you know plenty about Philadelphia and about the media and the the, – uh, people who've been in um, internet uh, activism. So it sounds like you must be very familiar with it, even though I did not know you lived here. No. But great. Super. Two thumbs up. Yep. Um, very early in my career, they sent me to Philadelphia. And I was there for as long as I had to stay there. <laughs> So what's on your mind tonight? Uh, We're waiting for our guests, but uh, we've been talking about how people deal with the issue of um, stepping up to people, you know, not stepping back. What's that thing that the young people say, uh, don't step up to me or step back out of me or whatever they say? I'm not familiar with that line. Uh... So what's on your on your mind tonight? I guess um, I do like the pushback if, if, if we're talking about the way um, we at the Blog Talk family use the phrase, we like to push back. Uh, I do feel as though it's extremely important. I, uh, I know you talked about it before with your one of the other guests when you mentioned uh, Tavis Smiley and Cornell West whether or not they were pushing back too hard with uh, the president. And I I think that although uh, Cornel West 
drop a few personal uh, um, slurs or opinions into the matter, I still believe he was on point by pushing back hard because as we see today, all we hear is a conversation about the president ready to capitulate about um, Medicare and Social Security. So mm-hmm. if if nobody pushes back, then he feels as though the president feels as though he has a green light to wheel and deal and and negotiate, thinking that he's actually going to get uh, the other side to agree to uh, uh, raising the uh, the um, the ceiling, uh, the debt ceiling. So I'm glad that we put back, and I wish that the Organizations that really have the president's ear, such as the uh, con- Congressional Black Caucus, I wish they would step to the plate and push back as well. So, mm-hmm. where are the groups that where are the groups that literally get paid to push back? Meaning the uh-huh. Democratic uh-huh. Party, the Democratic Party, yeah. where are with this pushback. Yeah, where is the Democratic Party? Where's the Democratic National Committee, Executive Committee, saying, here is our position? You see, that's where our political capital uh, is. I, I can't uh, very well say to people uh, that that's not where we have invested. As a people, that's where we've invested. Okay, so... Um, you know, we got some inside outside moves. But you're absolutely right. I want to know where the outrage is and where the microphone that's waiting for them. When you talk about the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh Lauren Burke who was with us, who's a reporter on the hill, She's going to come back uh, probably in a week or so to give us a report because we had some very pointed questions about what this caucus is doing. And um, I just, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But there is another thing that we dismiss, Brother Brock, and, what's um, that? and that is the number of people who do sign petitions, make phone calls, Send letters. See, they're not telling you about how many people are doing that. I think that when in the general discourse, when we're talking about pushback, we're, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people showing up at the White House or showing up at the at the U.S. Congress, uh, showing up in Washington D.C. and protesting in the way in which the people in Wisconsin did uh, when their governor made his first move. So. Um, We've got to distinguish between the two because there are people. I can't tell you how many how many petitions and how many letters and emails I send to members of Congress and to the White House each year on a lot of different subjects. We've got to participate in that way. But one of the things that I do do is when I send a letter to – the White House or to my congressional delegation, I also email the political desk at the Boston Globe. So trying to force, trying to, you know, and, 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 and that's our individual participation. 
But the other thing, Brother Brock, and I know you all get tired of me beating up on the black church. Well, hell, I get tired of beating up on the black church, too. I used to enjoy being a part of the black church before I had to divorce myself so I wouldn't lose Jesus in the process of Like the one, testing two. Testing one, testing two. Testing one, testing two. Brother Brock, are you there? Okay, now I hear you. Okay, yeah, it disconnected me again. That's the problem that Dr. Ball is having every time he calls in. It okay. disconnects him, and that's the second time tonight that it has disconnected me. And I'm not sure what the problem is, but it certainly is a blog talk radio. But my point, did you hear me apologizing for beating up on the black church so much? No, no apology needed. Uh, they are setting the stage of capitulation as well. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but there are people out there who individually are trying to press these issues. And the yeah. White House, okay, the Congress, and the media, they come together and they try as much as they can to ensure that the public does not understand the level of discontent. So they don't report it. They don't report the fact that maybe yesterday five fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars uh letters hit the US Congress about the debt ceiling issue. They don't report they're not gonna report that. But we've got to keep pressing. I've got another call, uh Brother Brock, you want me to put you on mute? Yes. So you can listen. Okay. Yes, Thank you so much for calling from uh, Philadelphia, PA, we always appreciate that you are there. Let's see. We're going to go to 773, and you're on the air. It looks like I respect you. Hotel. Janice, how are you this evening? I My see your brother, experience. Alpho. 
I see you are experiencing technical difficulties. I'm experiencing oh. big te- technical difficulties. Oh, am I? <laughs> Everything froze up or wasn't well, responding. And Dr. I, I don't know. Garrett Ball just sent me an email. He says, I've called in five times, and every time it connects, it disconnects. And I've been disconnected twice tonight. So well, I don't know what's going on. What's on your mind, Mr. Alpha, the 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 talk daddy of talk blog talk radio of of uh Truthworks Network. Well Danny, she was speaking about the race card. And the race card is the is the second step. The first step was to take down affirmative action somehow flip it on its head and make you feel like affirmative action was something bad. And like I've always said, they demonize, they vilify, then they take it down. And this is what this is what has occurred. Affirmative action itself was nothing more than a sentence that this nation was under for their inability to follow their own constitution. You bring in the race card, as they call it, And that's nothing more than projecting and flipping because you have no other, you have no, it's an untenable position. So the first thing you do is simply turn it around. And the people who are the victims become the perpetrators. And you simply say it over and over again, and that's what you're seeing. Oh, he's playing the race card. And like you said, the race card is that the deck is race. So anything that comes out of the deck is going to be race. But we allow them to frame the narrative once again, and they this is what they and they do it with repetition, and that's the only way they can do it because it doesn't make any it doesn't make sense at all. But if they say it enough, if it's repeated over and over, if they point the finger and accuse you enough, people will back off. And that lies the, therein lies the problem because mm-hmm. well, you What are, do you find people saying right? to you, Alpha? When, when, when people bring up this race card thing, what are they saying to you? Well, I don't get it. I mean, they don't bring it to me. I, I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I have never had someone tell me I'm playing the race card. And and I'm, I've been a while, around a little while. But it's, you know, some people you can approach with that nonsense and some people you can't. And you still have those who are willing to try. But I have yet to come across one who will even try. Are you and telling me that black people don't, tell you, don't, don't respond to you about the race card? Oh, we have to be careful. Um, you don't want people to think we're playing the race card. Oh, Reverend Al Sharpton. Oh, uh, Dr. Clark. Oh, um, um, whoever. Well, I said I, no one brings it to me. I have heard it. I have heard uh-huh. of it, and I've heard it brought to others saying that uh, from fear that you don't want to be seen as playing the race card. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a good example, a very current, uh, very recent uh, example. The young woman that was going through the Seattle airport 
and she had a afro hairdo and it was pulled into a ponytail and TSA required that they do a search of her hair and she responded by saying that there were other white people with silky but lots of hair, curly hair, who weren't asked to be pat down in their hair and to be searched. And there were so many people who responded to that and saying, oh, she's just playing the race card. She's just trying to get paid. She's just setting them up so maybe she can sue them. Well, like I said, that's that's nothing more than projection and flipping because clearly she was being profiled, and this was their uh, default position. It, the race card is a default position. That is what you say when you are guilty of the very thing you're being accused of. So you mm-hmm. flip it, you project it, and you flip it. And that's what makes it that's what makes it so nefarious because once you get into that position, you're simply accusing others of what you are guilty of. The race card, uh one of our um friends and former um US network personalities always spoke about Playing the race card, all oh, yeah. willy nilly. Yeah, yeah. And that was so. That was so offline, off base, because those people are simply not accepting of our history. They were not accepting of where we have been. But but more than that, the they're now, diminishing and minimizing. Well, yes, of course, because that's what you do. You 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 do that. You basically, like I said, it's projecting and flipping. You are yeah. doing it. You are guilty of it. So yeah. you immediately accuse someone. You you accuse the other side of doing it. Yeah. Can I can I can I ask to put you on hold for a minute so I can check um, to see if uh, finally Doctor Ball, you you understand these, these oh, sure, technical sure. things. Let me. Uh, why don't you keep talking, and I will find. Well, I can't do that. I'm going to put you on hold uh, for a minute and take everybody to break, and you stay with us here at our common ground. We're having some technical difficulties tonight, and I'm not understanding them, but we can handle just about anything, I think. TruthWorks Network is proud to bring you Architects of Change with Elvin Dowling and friends. Right here at TruthWorks Network, Wednesdays, 9 p.m. This is Janice Graham inviting you to join Elvin Dowling, Architects of Change and friends. Each Wednesday, 9 p.m. at TruthWorks Network. Change is a good thing. Doing it right is even better. Join Elvin Dowling.
Word up. Hi, this is Maya, and you are listening to Our Common Ground, Janice Grimm, talk radio that matters. Harriet Tubman, respect. Malcolm X, respect. W.E.B., Du Bois, respect. Reverend Martin Luther King, respect. Sojourner Truth, respect. Word up, it's all about respect. Thank you for being with us tonight and bearing with us. We're having some technical difficulties. I'm not able to screen callers. Uh, We've got Alpha holding for us, but we're going to check at 3.03. I respect you. Thank you for being at our common ground. Well, I respect you, Janice, and it's good to talk to you. Sexy man. Sexy man. Boy, Alpha's got it right. I mean, I'm, I'm, and you know, Janice, I've been following talk radio and politics and stuff for the last 40 years, and I have never in my life seen it as crazy. It's totally insane right now. I mean, these people are out there talking complete lies and fantasies and pretending that it's true. And the media is not calling them on it. Democrats aren't calling them on it. I mean, one or two are. Bernie Sanders, but he's not even a Democrat. And uh, this this uh, woman out of Illinois, Shatkowski, you know, she's she comes pretty strong. But most of the Democrats are silent. I don't hear yeah. a peep out of yeah. them. You know, and, you and the president. I mean, the president hasn't been. You know, for someone as someone who can speak as precisely as he can. I mean, some of his speeches have been threading the needle. He's he's not even speaking up and pointing out these total shams that are trying to be perpetrated on the country. And, you know, like lower taxes mean more jobs. I mean, we just did that for 11 years and have seen the opposite happen. And yet everybody's just going along as if that's yeah, really true. You're right. And 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 you have been so patient, uh, Stephen, over the last two years. You you have been very very hopeful when many of us were not hopeful. Well, I mean, um, one red flag after another, and I'm not so hopeful anymore. I mean, yeah, this thing I with the that. with the this thing with with cracking down on 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 states that legalize pot, you know, and that's a total flip flop of the administration. That's like the last straw. I mean, I don't know where the two of them, you know, get off at doing that, if anything. And I I haven't heard – it's been two years. I haven't heard one word about the racist enforcement of those laws either. For 40 years, they've been arresting eight times more blacks for drugs than whites. I mean, it's just – it's completely upside down. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's and I hope totally I hope everyone will join us on our special Monday, July 18th, uh, when we have as our guest Kimba Smith. She is truly the child, the poster child of minimum mandatory sentencing in this country. You see, but Remanded. the thing is, that's even that's even a distraction because yes. 
We we can talk about the sentencing, but who's getting sentenced? It's only black folk that are getting sentenced. Exactly. I mean, all my white friends that grew up with me on the south side of Chicago are now doctors and lawyers, and, and they still get high. They've been getting high since high school, and nothing get, gets in their way of getting to where they are now. But, you know, if anybody in my neighborhood that was black got stopped and had some pot, they're in prison, you know. Well, and, uh, you know, the thing is, Stephen, you really have to go back, and I think many of us have examined where – this man came from and what he did before he ascended to the presidency and we should not be surprised that he is peddling back on many of the yeah. agenda items that he said was his hope and change uh platform. right exactly and you know what we should Janet, not tonight, be surprised. tonight you made me think of something that hadn't occurred to me is that you know i mean i've heard the term here and there about him being a Manchurian candidate. But the fact that he is in the White House, see, it could have been if Hillary was elected, she'd have had all hell rain on her too. But by having a black man in the White House, what it has done is almost like revved up the racism to a higher level than it's ever been. I mean, there are people saying racist statements now that... It's They've about lost their white privilege, Stephen. It's about the presidency of the United States and anything that has to do with the import of wealth and power in this country should not be a venue offered to black people. Right. But also, Janet, at this point in time, I mean, this, you know, it's just like, like um, I think it was either Martin Luther King or Gandhi, you know, said that everything Hitler did in Germany was perfectly legal. I mean, he didn't take over the country. It was an incremental gaining of power. And right now they've got the Congress, the media, the Supreme Court all locked up, you know, by yep. corporate You're absolutely you know, people. Right. Hey, Stephen, and, I got to go to a... Okay. I'm go just ahead. saying all go I'm ahead. saying right now is at this point – any white people that aren't millionaires are getting, are getting screwed up the butt, and they don't even realize it. You know, well, I mean, it's it's every we're all you know. To some of them, the risk of losing their wealth or the risk of losing their entitlement, right? Their, their country, position of supremacy. <laughs> oh, I know, uh, I know. Is it's, is is less. Hey, Stephen, I'm so glad to have you with us tonight, and don't forget to send me some music. Okay, uh, and I'm looking forward to Monday. You're, you're saying that he's going to be here with that guy, Paul, somebody, but they're going to talk about no, the music No, business? I'm going to be playing an interview that they did this week. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, on Power Views, Monday night at 10 p.m. Hopefully he Paul can get Porter. in. I mean, I got bumped off once, but he should be able to get in at some point. When he's calling your, your in, yeah, yeah, he, he's having a problem. And I've yeah. and then there's somebody on the other line, and I haven't forgotten that oh, Alpha okay. was there. Right, Thank right, you, Stephen, okay. for your All call. Right. For those you. of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Our Common Ground, and I'm Janice Graham. 972, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Good evening, Janice. I don't know what y'all are doing. Maybe the CIA is tapping this phone line. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I 
because <laughs> that's that's one of the things I inferred when I um was I was in the background trying to talk to uh Dr. Ball. What's on your mind got, tonight, Sarah? I got bumped off myself. I was on hold and it just it just got an yeah. Uncle Bob's commercial and then my phone went dead and I thought, hmm. Everybody's yeah. getting phone trouble something, tonight. Something, yeah, something's going on here. It's like Cynthia McKinney uh, posted tonight that she can't post um, pictures. No, she can't tag pictures in her Facebook wall. Oh, um, and okay. I said that's interesting, but it's also suspect. <laughs> yeah, What's know, on your mind? Give it to us, Sarah. Come on, bring it on. Janice, um, to back up on what this other caller was saying with the drug wars and what's going on, if we were to use the drug laws that the White House is sitting back and Eric Holder is sitting back and that's enforcing, the last three presidents would not be in office because they're all um, drug users. Including you this president. Clinton to Bush to, um, to Obama, they would not be there because they all admitted they were drug um, drug offenders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it makes up. Well, it makes no sense that they are sitting back there and they are allowing things to go this way, especially Eric Holder. But as the callers have said before, we should not be surprised with anything going on with this White House. Like I've been trying to tell you all on numerous occasions, this president, whether he's a Manchurian candidate or whatever it is, he played a very good game to get into office, and whoever his power brokers are that put him into office, they knew that one thing that would get black people would, would make them completely insane if they feel as if though they have finally arrived, they have a black man sitting in office, even though this man has no connection to us, it would make them completely lose their minds and just let him do and say whatever it is that he wants to say because they feel that, okay, he's representing them. This man has not represented black people or the poor people in office. They keep throwing around this word, the poor and the middle class. But everything that he has done, his actions, it has been against these two classes. Well, you're, you know, I, I you, you get no argument from me, but one of the things, Sarah, is that I am just so deeply concerned about, and I know that Fia, who is an organizer, a national organizer, with the U.S. Human um, Human Rights Network, um, and and also a broadcaster in South Carolina. One of the things that I do know is we've got to get it right. We've got to stop allowing the mainstream media, even hip-hop music, even some of our own black broadcasters who are supposed to be providing us information, um, we've got to unravel this stuff so that we can view the events in a critical way which is accurate. I quite agree with you, because it's like what Brother Akbar Muhammad said on the one of the conferences with the um, the Libyan delegation. He said, we have been, um, the media, it, or us in general, we have been reduced to the um, to the mushroom um, movement, because we, all, we always know how um, mushroom management because mushrooms mm-hmm. grow in in dark, damn places, whereby you are, you can There's no light letting in there, and that's what black people essentially have become, and what the media has become. They have 
co-opted themselves. They're not reporting any news. They're telling you what they want you to hear, and people are going along with it without investigating it for themselves. Whatever is being put out there, people are taking it at face value, and they are saying and they're going along with it. It's just like all of this atrocious wars and invasions and everything else that they have. They finally got what they wanted with Sudan. Sudan got their independence. Now they are two separate nations. The next big country in Africa for them to work on is going to be Nigeria, because Nigeria is in a similar position like Sudan, part um, Muslim and part Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're going to work on them, and they're going to divide them, and they're going to be two Nigerian natives. I was telling some Nigerian friends of mine, I said, y'all are going to be next. I said, mark my words. Said, oh, no, no, they would never do that. I said, don't ever say never. I said, because when these people are carving up the continent right now, they are carving up the continent. They have already have all of these universities that have these so-called farms and plots of lands that they have taken over, bought out, and pushed these people off their lands. You know, there was a report that was in the news. I don't know if you have, if you got a charge, chance to read it from the Guardian UK, where this no. columnist was talking about all of these universities: Stanford, Princeton, Spelman. Do you know that Spelman's endowment? They have over thirty-six million dollar endowment. And do you know that endowment is in um is based in Africa, whereby there are a lot of Africans have been displaced off their lands, and they are they are just just farming out these lands and just selling the, the products and displaced all of these Africans. No, they have one of the worst famines that they're having along in the East Africa. Well, you should, you should, you should pull that up that article. Has, that, is was, a story that, that is a story that has been unfolding for more than a year. But one of the reasons that most people do not understand it is because the story has become complex now, and we weren't paying attention when it was beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just can't think that we can sit and read the Boston Globe and the Washington Post and know what the hell is going on in the world and think that we're dealing with good information. Look it's at what Murdoch... I mean, look at what Murdoch has been has been The hacking doing. job, you know. And, and it's nothing new because Fox News... They've always been like that. These people, they have always thrown a rock and hide their hands. It's only now that this stuff is starting to unravel because it's a criminal matter and it's spreading across. Now he's trying to cut his losses by shutting down yeah. the um, news of the world. And But he has his hands in other publications across the world. And if they check them out, they will see, because you only have to look and see the mess that they that they put out. It's just like they, they so-called said someone hacked into their account over the 4th of July weekend and put, posted that tweet about the president being assassinated and all of this nonsense that comes out of Fox. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. And the thing is that we have got to stop thinking that there is no such thing as a conspiracy. Well, as the people, as I always like to remind people, I said that you might call it and say there is no such thing as a conspiracy and a theory, but... It's a law on the book that if you conspire with me to commit a felony, you will go to prison because mm-hmm. there's a conspiracy mm-hmm. to commit a crime. Conspiracy well, you know, murder. it's really interesting that you raise that issue because um, I I have just finished reading the galleys of Kimba Smith's book, and I'm sure you are aware of who Kimba Smith is. Here is a woman who never sold drugs, Mm -hmm. never used drugs, 
but had a drug dealer boyfriend. Boyfriend, yep. He was killed, and they couldn't get to him. So they charged her with conspiracy of 255 kilos. Mm -hmm. And she was sentenced to 24 and a half years without the possibility of parole with not having any evidence that she did a crime, that she committed a crime, a drug crime. Which, which is like I said, you go right back again. They can get you and sit, sit you down in a prison for a very long time on a conspiracy charge, but yet still, people out here, when you were bringing up these issues about what's going on, they say, "Oh, it's a bunch of conspiracy theories. You're a nut job and whatever else." I said, "Yes." I said, "Go ahead and let somebody knock on your door and pick you up and um, and haul you away." Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're going to change your tune. Absolutely. Hey, Sarah, I've got Alpha waiting uh, for me to get back to him. Uh, Alpha, he needs but to go ahead and get what, what, um, go I, ahead and For get those of you who are board, listening. Him today and he was saying he was waiting to get some donations. You need to go ahead and put up that fund up there, and we'll go ahead and drop a few, <laughs> few coins in there to help him get him um, a nice MacBook Pro. And you've got to get Kit and, and um, William to our common ground. We I really told Kit, but Kit still is on that dial-up. I said, Kit, you need to get off that dial-up um, network. I said, that's so old. That's like dinosaur um, work that you're doing out there. So go <laughs> ahead and go to DSL. <clears throat> but one of the things that we we do need to do, we need our listeners who feel that this broadcast and TruthWorks Network is uh, important for us to have the the this forum, uh, is to... Start sending us some email lists. Uh, we can we I know how to market, uh, but uh, we've got to we've we've got to try to increase the peace. Sarah, thank you so much, and I hope oh, you're you have welcome a good again. Weekend. If I keep on, I listen online. Thanks again. Thank you. That was Sarah from Texas. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna rejoin with Alpho to talk about some of these issues, and you can join us at 347-838-9852. You're talking and listening on some of the most important issues that affect your life here at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Having a problem carrying that laptop, that iPad, all that stuff, we've got the answer. Sister Bag by Matera. You know, carrying your stuff and more stuff is the problem. We've got the solution. It's Sister Bag. Sister Bag. Get one today. They're sturdy and large enough to contain books, your laptop, and everything else that you want to carry with you. There's a large inside pocket for a cell phone, wallet, or keys, whatever you carry. You can use these bags for school, for work, for dress. They will soon be your best friend. bag comes in a variety of designs with wonderful, beautiful African fabric and the best of craftsmanship. And the bag is surely the bag to look for on your way out. Sisterbags.blogspot.com 
Patera designed sister bags for men as well. So get your brother back. I'm Janice Graham. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for being with us. One thing that um, we must remain um, alert, we must alert ourselves to, is the continuing uh Agenda. You know, this man that was arrested in England from from Murdoch's uh, News Corp, he was also the uh, press secretary for the Prime Minister, Cameron. And being the press secretary of the Prime Minister, you go from a news publication to press secretary or chief of staff. That, that he's like the Rahm Emanuel to the Prime Minister of, of England. Now, someone tell me where's the disconnect there for a so-called news publication to be so aligned to a a leader of a nation? And yes, it was the same with Fox News operating out of the back door of the White House under both Bushes, under Reagan. Well, Alpha, you know, one of the things is it's not surprising. It probably is happening uh, at a much larger scale than we're hearing. And But we haven't dealt with the FCC here about just simply the content of what's going on at Fox Radio that I mean at Fox TV News that we know. Well, Janice, when you get down to it, the Obama administration just supposedly put a, you know, they had that opportunity to make that appointment. And what does he appoint? He turns around and he appoints a so-called neutral conservative. He he appoints a conservative who is not going to respond or act on the better uh, for the betterment of the public airways? Fox News should be. I mean, this is an opportunity with the scandal in England. You know, Rupert Murdoch's son should be arrested here in the United States for bribing law, foreign law enforcement officials for basically the the the. the the wire and the voicemail hacking. This is what's what's the difference between uh, News Corp and News World International and WikiLeaks? They're hacking into voicemails illegally. Hacking. They've supposedly hacked into over four thousand voicemails. So who is doing this? And how is it that you know? He is willing to shut down a news uh, publication and throw over 200 journalists under the bus, so-called journalists, under the bus to save the higher-ups. And this woman, Rebecca Brooks, 
Jesus good is gone. It's just a matter of time. But so far, three people have been arrested, and there will be more arrests in this case. Well, you know, Alpha, you noticed, you and I have talked about this uh, during the course of this story unfolding, and you'll notice I don't get excited about it. Well, I understand. It, because excite me. Excite me. Well, it's not about it's not about exciting you because my expectations are high, but I understand that there's not a damn thing that's going to happen because the first thing they're going to yell, they're going to project and flip it. They will present themselves as the picked-on victims, you, you and know, those you, who are speaking to bring them to justice will back off. You live in a country where a president can be impeached, brought up on charges of impeachment, and for a blowjob. But on the other hand, a president who squandered billions of dollars going into an illegal war, lying about manipulating national intelligence information. And nobody talked about impeaching him. Nobody's talked about the nobody's talked about criminal charges against him. So if if Murdoch has hacked into fifty five thousand phones through 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 Fox uh, News here in America through his organization here in America, nobody still is going to go to jail for it. Well, I mean, even being caught. Look 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 at what they did to the plain woman. Well, that they called fed. out a CIA operative. Well, she was fair game because they were trying to push their political agenda. And that's the whole thing. Nancy Pelosi stood back, oh, impeachment's off the table. President Obama, we want to look forward and not backwards, because they were in fear of upsetting the base. Had it been turned around, there would have been full steam prosecution. Look at what Daryl Issa is doing. This is the silliness. They're looking to investigate Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice. And nothing's being said about Clarence Thomas or Scalia, Alito or Roberts. Well, you know, and, and, and Clarence Thomas, it is very clear right now. Well, it's very clear that we have a Supreme Court that so many of them have been bought. They're bought and paid for in the same way that members of the House and the members of the Senate are. Clarence Thomas, they just simply have the evidence. And I'm hoping that we can have James Poe at our common ground very uh, um, uh, in the next coming weeks to talk about insider trading at the Supreme Court because it was clear that Clarence Thomas participated in a in, in discussion of a decision made by the Supreme Court, and he informed his wife of what the decision was 
so that she could set up an organization and benefit from that decision. That's insider trading. Well, like I said, you know, it's about what it's about the willingness. See, they have pushed back immediately and they've pushed back so hard on anyone trying to move on there. Mm-hmm. They position themselves and they project and they flip it. And that's but, what the argument turns into. Rather than them simply indicting these people and having this fight in court where you can get some type of, some semblance of uh, clarity as to exactly what's happening. The millions of uh, emails that have been destroyed by the Murdoch faction over in England, that in and of itself should disqualify him and force the FCC should be moving to break up his and get rid of his immunity status in uh, the... um, what is it, the Sherman Antitrust that prevents him from owning uh, papers and... Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shit, that, it, 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 it boggles the mind because the people, the, the, the gatekeepers, aren't doing their jobs. And this is what allows this to happen. It, it takes but, place but right see, Alpha, that's where you and I, and if you'd like to join us in this uh, discussion, you certainly can by calling 347-838-9852. That is the number uh, to uh, engage us in this conversation. But, but you're, you know, I see it the other way. The gatekeepers are doing their jobs. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Because you have to understand that this president kept in place the Bush, Reagan, Clinton gatekeepers. No difference. There is no oversight. I've been saying this since... Too many years. There is no oversight and enforcement in this country of laws that make sense for working class and middle class people and oppressed people because the gatekeepers have been there since Reagan. He put them in place and they are still there. This president understood that there are bush plants in very senior positions in every government agency in this country. And not only did he not kick them out, I mean, when George Bush came through, every one of the senior people appointments made by Bill Clinton, they were kicked out, go. We give you two weeks. Well, Janice, now, when Bush left, all of his appointees were relegated to uh, senior positions of uh, tenure. In the, in the, in the, the civil service, agencies. yes. Yes, and that, they gave them and, jobs, and federal jobs. Where, that's where uh, the progressive liberal side falls short. Let me let me let me just say this comment 
So let uh, me make this comment and observation, uh, Alpha, uh, so that people really understand how this government works. Whoever is out in the field offices of any government agency, whether it be USDA or whether it be whatever it is, those are the people who make things happen. Those are the people who provide oversight and enforcement. And they provide oversight and enforcement by the tone and the marching orders of whoever has been appointed in Washington. I mean, if you take a look at if you take a look at what Sean um I can't even think of his name, Sean somebody at at HUD. His marching orders were to change what was happening at the local level at the regional level in New Orleans. Fix Katrina, we don't ever want to hear the word Katrina ever again. Do whatever you have to do. So this week, Sean, whatever his name is, um, Secretary of HUD, settled with the New Orleans Fair Housing Initiative Organization, to put back into place after they had sued them to Donovan. Thank you, Fia. Uh, to put back into place um, the Road Home Program because that organization, along with a coalition of organizations in New Orleans, had sued HUD because HUD stopped funding the home, Road to Home Program. And that is what is going to have to happen. And the reason that Sean Donovan did that is because they understand, because that is what he does. That's his mindset. Get Katrina off the radar screen. Now, one of the reasons that it hadn't happened and it went to to court, uh, it ended up having to go to court after months and months, almost two years of negotiation with HUD, is because the regional people in New Orleans did not want people to return back to New Orleans who lived in public housing. And they were blocking the edicts coming out of Washington. They were simply not letting it happen. So here here we are, you know. We are where we are, and we've got what we got because, I don't, you know, because the people who are talking to the White House, the people who are talking to, to, to your Congress people, uh, talking to your senators, are people who don't understand, they need to be calling names. I mean, if I were a lobbyist, 
What is the first thing a lobbyist would do, Alpho? The first thing a lobbyist would do is go, if you're lobbying the federal government, is you make friends. You know everybody and their agenda at the regional level before you go talk to Washington and you call names. That's how it's done. So we've got to get on this. But before we go, and we've only got about 10 minutes, Alpha, one of the things I wanted to ask you, um, and I want to throw it out to the audience, uh, and I do want you to know that next Saturday, uh, Dr. Ball, Dr. Jared Ball, will be with us. We've decided by the time his computer start stop crashing from Blog Talk Radio and his and he get getting bounced out of our off of our phone lines that we would go ahead and we will be with him next Saturday. But I do want to recommend to all of you that you um, buy his book. Because I I had to order his book because I just kind of don't get it uh, about the hip-hop messaging, etc. I mix what I like, a mixtape manifesto. It's published by AK Press. And it essentially tells us the revolution will not be televised. It will be remixed hip-hop. Colonialism versus emancipatory mixtape journalism. It's a whole new media. And this provocative book, uh, among other things, that the mixtape can circumvent the corporate media machine and create a form of communications that can reach people in the street. And we'll go on with our agenda with Dr. Ball, Dr. Jared Ball, Next week, and I apologize to all of you who joined us because you were excited. Uh, I was very excited to talk to him about his take on the National Public Radio, which is the same take as you have, uh, um, Alpha. Um, uh, And he said in his piece uh, that NPR demonstrated that the real national pastime is not baseball, nor is it football. In fact, it is no game at all. It is a collective disavowal of racism's origin, function, and impact. And we certainly will be talking with him about uh, that notion. But, Alpha, before we go, we've only got like five minutes. I do want to ask you this. If Obama is defeated, where do we go? What do we? Well, do? let me put it like this: Republicans take back the White House. Republicans take the Senate. There goes Social Security. There goes Medicare, and all of these people who sit back and say Obama's nothing more than the corporatist that he is, the blue dog that he is. You will see and have the, the biggest uh, attack of buyer's remorse. So stay home. Uh, don't vote for him. And watch what you get. If you think it's bad now, you just wait until January 2013 
when uh, Mitt Romney is sworn in as president and Mitch McConnell becomes the the uh, Senate leader, majority leader, and John Boehner or Eric Cantor become the Speaker of the House. This is not about what this president hasn't done. What he hasn't done so far is allowed it to get away, totally get away. You have a group who have sold out to corporate interests, and you have a group that are basically bartering with corporate interests. Now, you take it, and you go from there. All of you, I don't like Obama. I'm not going to vote for Obama people. I'm, I'm critical of him because I think he needs to be stronger in the fight, period. So you, the, the fact that the wars are continuing, the fact that um, we don't have tariffs that equal China's tariffs and the free trade continues rather than fair trade, the fact that the Republicans have destroyed the recovery and are keeping unemployment high, play into their hands. And let's see what the gay population gets. Let's see how much immigration reform we get. Let's see where we go with the entitlement programs that have been a safety net for the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. Not the best. He's not what we want totally. But he's all we have. He's all that we have. You don't have to be afraid. If you're scared, call a cop, get a dog. You don't have to be scared. Mm-hmm. And if you well, and if you really believe you got somewhere else to go, go there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Go there. Uh, let me uh, let me suggest that. One of the things that we've got to do, we've got to put pressure on the Democratic National Committee. They've got to say to their members, because um, I, I just don't think that you have got to to hold them blameless. They hold the keys to almost everything that every Democrat in the House and the Senate will do in regard to being reelected. And that's the money. So I think that we've got to put pressure on them because we've invested our our political capital there. But the other thing is we've got to let people know that we are calling, that we are making calls, we are signing petitions, we know what the, the issues are. Because I am telling you that if we, that a defeat, as Shaka Zulu in our chat room is saying, of Obama will leave us in the same place. It may leave us in the same place nationally, but it will empower states, the governors, and states' rights. And I am more concerned you have no idea and you should take a look at how Republican governors, especially this evil bastard in Florida, he, 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 
he has got to be a little bit pathological. He's got to hate poor people to an extent that he is manipulating the systems that administer federal programs in the state of Florida that while poor people in that state have been on their knees, they are now lying down. Hey, Alpha, got to go. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I want to um, thank you so very much for your very astute comments and commentary. You're listening to Our Common Ground, and we thank you so very much for being with us here tonight. We apologize again about the technical difficulties that caused us not to be able to have our discussion with Dr. Jared Ball, but he will be here with us next Saturday night at 10 o'clock. We do want to remind you about Power Views on Monday at 10 p.m., where we will be rebroadcasting, reloading the truth, uh, an interview at iVox, iMixtape Radio, with Paul Porter, who has been a guest at Our Common Ground a number of times, and Dr. Ball. And we also want to remind you of Architects of Change on Wednesday with Elvin Dowling and Friends. And don't forget, put it on your calendar, and please be on time. Oh, that's that's one of the things we have to work on, Shaka. we got to work on time. This program begins at 10 p.m., and we have to begin whether you're here. We can't wait for you. If you need us to start at 10.30, send us an email at our comment, OCG info. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you next week. And I would first respond by reminding us that affirmative action is a part of the systemic nature of white racism and white supremacy in this nation. That in fact affirmative action for white people, particularly white men, is fundamental fabric of this nation. And so the set aside of privilege for a certain category, white men, began with the very notion of who could own land and who could cast the vote, and who would get the beneficial gains of privilege. It was only in the context of attempting to remedy and address issues of remedy for those who were acting up that affirmative action came to be associated with us. But I think ultimately when we look at this whole question of internal agenda. At the core of that will have to be what it will require for us to be healed and to be whole.
Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Here, each Saturday, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves.